Hello there, and thanks for watching or listening to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell, episode 126. Um, listen, as always, we ask if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, leave us a review and subscribe to the VIP Boxing YouTube channel. I'm Steve Lillis. With me, as always, uh, in a similar colour shirt tonight, but he's a bit more boxing-themed, I think. Uh, John Evans. John, is that a Kronk T-shirt? Yeah, it's a Kronk on this. Brad didn't oh. get the uniform message. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get the fill after all. You've already introduced him. Tonight's special guest, um, or this week's special guest, a fellow we always we, we bring back on here often. Um, he, I think he was last on in January. And we got him back because he's making his comeback next month. Uh, leading domestic middleweight contender, Bradley Ray. Brad, thanks for joining us. Cheers for having me back, mate. You know, I always enjoy coming on. Yeah, and um, let's check. Is it right? I mean, I'm talking to Steve Wood the other day. He said to me to sort an opponent out for you, actually. Uh, Friday, October 6th in Liverpool. Yeah, mate. So finally, um, finally got a date that I can work towards now. And, you know, it's, it feels like forever, to be honest. It's been a long time coming and felt like felt like I was never going to get there at some point. But um, yeah, I'm buzzing to finally have that locked in now. And yeah. Um, yeah, getting getting my career back on track because I've had a I've had a nightmare a few months really, and you know I'm looking forward to putting that behind me and cracking on. Yeah, when you say nightmare, it wasn't just back your first sole career defeat. Like a lot of boxers, it seems almost ninety percent of boxers now they go for a scan. There's little wrong, but they're all getting referred to, for to go and have some tests, aren't you? And then you're all passed again. Yeah, so obviously I had the loss and I broke my hand in the fight. So I was out for a few months with the hand injury. Got the hand injury sorted. Um, Steve was looking at a date for me. Renewed my license, went for my medical. Uh, just got a date locked in and then, um, yeah, come back with a scan. And that was kind of just before, uh, back end of summer. So by the time I got sorted out with my scan, it was August, we were on the summer break, there was no shows for a month. So yeah, just kind of uh kind of kept kept getting set back. But um no, you know, finally, finally looking forward to getting back in there. You know, I think it by the time I'm back in the ring, it would have been ten months or so. So um yeah, looking forward to getting back on track. And uh before we go on, we'll talk about more at your comeback. New trainer, Andy Abril, and you go over to Blackpool every night now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, bit of a switch up. So I'm training under Andy now in Blackpool. Um, and yeah, so I've been travelling at the moment. Been travelling up every day, and you know, it's it's a bit of a mooch, but maybe it's worth it. Um, but you know, I've had a I've had a chat with Andy, and um, I think I'm gonna make make the jump and relocate. I think, mate. So I think I'm gonna go go. I've just got myself an apartment boxed off, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna go stay out of trouble in Blackpool, keep me head down and yeah, just get get some tough training in with Andy because I feel like, you know, the move the move to a new coach is hard enough as it is. Um I wanna be in there every day with Andy and I wanna wanna be learning every day and you know, I just feel like it'll be a lot easier for me if I'm if I'm closer to the gym. So uh yeah, big decision but, you know, gonna be a Blackpool local on the donkeys and riding the big one every week. <laughs> Brad's the first person in history to say he's going to Blackpool to stay out of trouble. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thinking that. That's oh. never been that's never been said ever before. Yeah. You know what? You know, you know your mates who you go to the Jolly Boys, whoever you socialise with at home, they're gonna be get they're gonna be over in Blackpool every weekend, mate. You're gonna have to put your foot down. 
Yeah. No way, mate. You know, I'm going to lock my doors. No one's coming back. I'm about to trade and that's it. End of. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. When I saw that news come through, Brad, I, I messaged you. I said, that's, I like that. That's good. You know, Andy's an up-and-coming trainer. He's got some good kids there making his reputation. And rather than look for a high-profile trainer who might squeeze you in but get have a chance to get you on shows, you've done what's best for your style and career, haven't you? It's a, it's a good move. Yeah, 100%. Me. I've, I've known Andy a long time, a very long time. So I, I know, you know, whereas other people might not have heard of him in the pro game, I know what he can do and I know how good of a coach he is. And I think more importantly, uh, I trust him. You know what I mean? I've, I've known him for a long time. And, um, you know, I've, I've he's coached me before. He's helped me out in the corners before as an amateur. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I know what he can do for me. And, um, and I, I trust him. I think he's the man to kind of get me back on track and get my career back on track. Yeah. All right, then. Well, thanks for that. And, and all the best for everybody at Bell to Bell. And I know everyone at VIP Boxing will wish you well because you're uh, one of their um, blue ribbon boxers. But we'll, we'll kick on with, with the pod now. And we're going to talk more about you, I guess, in this. It's your first topic, Brad. Are you ready with your clock, John, and your bell oh, for three to... minutes? Yeah, and ready to go. Tell us about bouncing back, Brad. What's been, you know, the 10 months out, you know, a lot of great boxers are burnt, 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 you know, every great boxer bounces, but I think Hopkins and Barrera had back-to-back defeats. So, you know, what's it going to be like for you mentally bouncing back and getting that win in October? Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's, it's a big thing. And I think, unfortunately for me, I I couldn't manage, in it, uh, manage it in the way that I would have liked to. You know, I would have liked to get back in the gym straight away back in a little six round or whatever, back to winning ways. And then, you know, unfortunately because of the injury and because of the brain scan stuff, um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't able to do that. But I think it shows kind of a fighter's mentality. Um, you know, it, it, if you can bounce back from that, you know, Eubanks, the prime example there at the weekend, suffered a big loss, you know, his first his first stoppage loss. And um, you know, I think the way he's handled it is um you know, he's what he's what most fighters should aim to do after a loss. Um, you know, he's, he's managed it better than me anyway. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, I think it shows kind of the mentality of this. And um, you know, although it's took longer than I would have liked, I hope that's what I'm gonna do next month. Brad, have you have you been surprised by the reaction? Because I imagine every young pro like yourself dreads that first defeat, they're scared of it happening, they think the gravy train will come to an end, the fans will stop buying tickets. It's not the end of the world, is it? You know, are you surprised by the reaction that's happened? Because it was a great fight. You nearly got to Denny in the last round. Have you been surprised by the reaction since you lost? Um, yeah, in a way. I think you see kind of both sides of it. You see you see the sides of, you know, these uh, these nameless Twitter accounts. Oh, I knew it was no good. You know, I knew that was going to happen. Is nobody's going to do this. And then you see the sides of, you know, the people who kind of know you. And the people who buy tickets, and you know the people who have always supported you. You know, you see, you see both sides to it. Um, but for me, you know, I'm looking forward to them people who support me getting back in there, and you know, showing them what they believe I can do. And you know, I'm looking forward to anyone who's doubted me to to kind of prove them wrong and show show them what you know I know I'm capable of. And you know, for me, it's uh, I think that's more important. You know, I'll have, that, I'll have that little chip on my shoulder. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll say to these people who wrote me off, I doubted me. Right there, you go. You know, I told you so. 
Now, just one question before we move on, because I don't think we're overrunning on this. Brad, when you went into that fight against Tyler Denny or throughout your career up to that, you ever th- did you ever think you were going to be beaten? Or did you have that mentality, I might, I will have to, I might have to bounce back one day? Or did you think, I'll be retiring 30 and zero or something like that? You know, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm one of these fighters that, you know, I'm the best, I'm going to beat everyone. You know, whereas I'm confident in my ability, I think with the mentality that I have where... I want to test myself. I want to take risky paths. I want to get. Just lost Brad there. Yeah, we'll carry on, shall we, Steve? Yeah, we'll carry on. Brad will come back to us, I hope. But um, round two, something I want Brad touched on here. Um, I hope he's going to come back anyway. Uh, he'll, re- he'll redial if he has to. He'll redial, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the Eubank career turnaround, John, I was going to bring up. Um, yeah. And what's more, Brad touched on it about he did it better than him. He's come back from the losses he's come back from. You, um, Billy Joe Saunders, George Groves, they were massive high-profile fights he's come back in. Uh, and I think that says so much more about, about him as a man mentally, how strong he can be. I know a lot of credit was given to to Brian McIntyre. I mean, we can't say too much about what's happened to Brian since Saturday because he's been arrested. And there's, uh, I think there are a lot of certain rules what you can and can't broadcast on people. But a lot of credit was given to him. But I don't see how he could have made that much difference in a month. I think Eubank's mental strength is just phenomenal to come back because he was ridiculed after those defeats, especially if you think how nasty the Billy Joe Saunders fight was and how Saunders kissed him off afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, it was brilliant. But I, I think I saw an interview with uh, McIntyre on the, uh, the build-up and he said he didn't try and teach him anything. He said all it was about was just reminding him what to do and giving him a, a few pointers. Well, that's Eubank, isn't it? He's, some fighters, are, some people in life are stubborn, aren't they? And sometimes stubbornness can be a bad thing. But in Eubank's case, I think coming back from these defeats, it's a good thing. You know, it's not going to go into Eubank's mind, but he's not capable of beating these people. That stubborn just make just makes him think he got it wrong on the night. Yeah. But the way he dealt with it all, the way he dealt with the, the pressure, the, the way he prepared himself better. He looked great at the press conference on Thursday and started changing a lot of people's minds as to what would happen. Yeah, you did in fairness. You could just tell he was he was different. And like you say, Steve, to, to mentally come back like that and be so confident that you're gonna do it. Very, very small number of fighters in the world can do it, can't they? And- and you, Johnny, all credits you. You rang me Thursday after you'd been to the breast conference, I think, in your new role with boxing scene, you may have been there. And you told me straight away that uh, this was a different Eubank. So there you go. Brad, you touched on it. Um, now, Chris Eubank has done it. We're just, well, you, you, we lost you momentarily there. What, what admiration have you got for him, the way he's bounced back from really high-profile defeats, Saunders, um, George Groves and Liam Smith, when he's been slaughtered more than most after them, what does it say yeah, about him know, as a man, would you say, and a fighter? Yeah, like like I said, you know, um, in that last round, it's, it's, it is tough as a fighter. Mentally, it's tough um, taking that loss. And like I say, it's the way you bounce back. And for me, Eubank, um, you know, he, he is kind of public enemy number one and he gets a lot of stick. You know, even even in the arena on the Saturday when he come out to, to booze and... He's kind of changed my opinion of him recently. I think since the <laughs> since the since the Conor Ben fight, since the build up to the Conor Ben fight, I kind of 
I've seen him in a different light and I think he's a lot more relatable now. He's not trying to be like his dad. I think he is being his own fighter. And, um, you know, I think some of the stick is is kind of unnecessary. Earlier on in his career, you know, I think he played that bad guy role and, you know, I think he thrived off it. But, um, yeah, you know, I think ever since the Conor Ben lead up, I've, um, you know, I think he is a little bit more relatable. He's being himself a little bit more and, you know, I have I've been warming to him. I have been warming yeah. to him. Yeah, before we push on, we'll uh, run again there, John. Just quick, John. Um, well, I'm not quick if you have to explain it. Um, how did you find him as a person now at the press conference, John, to when you first knew him bursting on the scene? Because you oh, spent you some bounce, time around him on Friday. People, you bounce one of those people you, I never got to know at all. Yeah, you know, how did you find him uh, on Thursday with you, with the media and everything? I've always liked him, you know, I... It's unique trash talk from Eubank. He'll never come out with a cliche, will he? You don't hear something that's been said time and time again. The way he words things and the, the little put-downs and the little remarks he comes out with, they make me laugh. I think it's like a... He's not effing and blinding, saying I'm going to put you in the ground and stuff. It, it's all like quite sarcastic, snidey little digs and stuff. And it, it makes me laugh. Um, like Brad said, he played a character early in his life early in his career didn't he but I think it like like Brad said I think he's just he's grown into a proper character now and I, I quite like it really yeah all right round round three and it's another one back to you Brady at the start us off and you all know about diet and all that what your opinion of um or well, your view on Liam Smith saying he crashed 42 pound yeah it's um you know when I heard that and it's kind of you know, they don't call him beefy for no reason, did he? He yeah. said it himself. Since you were the kid, he was kind of always a little little bit of a of a chubby kid, carried the weight. And, you know, I've, I've, I was similar, so I know kind of firsthand. I don't think no matter how hard you train and you get into shape, you don't lose that. You know, I think deep down, I'm still a little a little fat kid and you see that after fights. Um, but, you know, it's something as well I know firsthand being bigger the way the weight cuts and what it can take out of you. And, um, you know, I think if that is the weight that he took off, I think it, that's the answer to why he was, you know, a percentage of what he's capable of on the night. Um, but he said he had the injury and, you know, he went a little bit heavier. Um, I think a lot of fighters now, they can rely on these water loads and, and the weight cuts. And, um, you know, it's sometimes having that advantage, that size advantage, it isn't all always an advantage that, that you see. You know, I think I've I've discovered that kind of recently. Um, and an, another one, a great example, last week, Conor Walker against Cyrus Patterson. You know, he come up from boxing King Gardner at, at Lye Welter, boxed at his more natural weight of Welter. Speaking to him all week, he was happy. Um, you know, he, he seemed he seemed up for it. He wasn't worried about making the weight. He was focusing on his tactics and you know what he had to do in the fight. And you know, I think it's shown on the uh, shown on the night the size difference when they come to the middle of the ring. You know, me being a mate of Connor, I went, oh shit, <laughs> he looks big. Passer looks big. Um, but you know, you've seen in the fight that sometimes you know it's not always an advantage. Yeah. How much of a part does it play being happy, Brad, for a fighter? Because if you're going home, you your water's down, you're, you're eating nothing good, there's nothing to look forward to in a day, is it? You know, you're going to be tired after training, you've got nothing to look forward to to eat that day. It's just a 
it just keeps getting worse, doesn't it? You know, it, does it mount up on you, mount up on you? And being happy at your weight, it, it's it's just something less off your shoulders, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Um, mentally, it is. It's draining. It's tough. And, um, you know, I think it gets to the point where you start to not enjoy it. You start to yeah. not enjoy, you know, I think, you know, if you remember for me, the first time I got, got into boxing as a kid, I used to love going to the gym. I used to enjoy it. You know, it, it, it was, wasn't just a sport. It was, it was a hobby for me. And um, although you kind of, I know you've got to be disciplined and you've got to be strict, you know, when it becomes your career. But for me, I don't, I don't look at boxing like a job. You know, it's not like that. And um, when, when it gets to that point, when you're not enjoying it, when you're waking up and you're going to the gym and you don't want to be there, you know, it turns into a job that, you know, you don't want to do. And um, for me, it's the last thing you need. It's the last thing you need. You should, you know, the training's hard enough as it is. You should look forward to that fight night and you should, should be the best part of camp. Um, it's a mad sport in it where you, a lot of fighters diminish themselves as much as they possibly can and then expect to be perform better than they've ever performed. The two don't go together, do they? There's got to be a there's got to be a middle ground where everything sort of lines up. Yeah, definitely. You know, you've you've like you say. I know it's a cliche, but they say a happy fighter is a dangerous fighter. If you're going into that ring with a smile on your face, um, you know you, you want to be there. You're going to enjoy what you're doing and um, feel like you know a little kid, like you used to in the gym, and you used to like your sparring, or you used to like you know you used to look forward to it, like people look forward to going to football or whatever. Um, for me, it's a big part. It's a big part of. Um, you know the sport and I think I've realised that now and I think a lot of other people are realising that Brilliant. Hi. Round 4 John over to you we haven't had you start around yet the meat cleaver Jack Cullen yeah first of all friends with Mark as well at VIP you know he's a good lad and sad that it, what happened to Mark happened in the way it did but you can't help but be happy for the meat cleaver can you you know we're talking about fighters who've come back from bad losses and kept going look at Look at Jack Cullen. He's the prime example. The defeat he had for the European title where he nearly got bent double with body shots and then Pacheco last time was just in a, a different level to Jack, weren't he? But he didn't go running away. He didn't think about quitting. He didn't pile weight on and come back at light heavyweight. Went away, rededicated himself, stuck with the same trainers, stuck with the same team, stuck with the same manager and got his just rewards. I saw Jack sparring in the gym about three weeks ago. They had the tactics to a T, but they were just worried whether Jack had get caught up in the moment and get into some exchanges with Mark. Well, he got into one exchange, didn't he, and just beat him to the punch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, sad for Mark, but you've got to be happy for, for Meek Cleaver. Yeah, brilliant. The only time I've been truly in, it's been, it's, been, it's been one of those careers you just love being around and following, been lucky enough to see him so often. The only time I think I've been truly disappointed is when we thought he was going to win the European title and just... Like you said, John, they were worried because he that that night he did the opposite of what he would have been told. But no, fantastic performance. And last week, I don't think I've ever known Steve Woods so confident of a fighter winning in his stable. He always fancies them, but he he he, he couldn't see any other result than an easy win, quite which was quite amazing. Which I just couldn't buy at all. The the, the win doesn't surprise me. The manner of victory does. I think, I think, you know, because Mark is such a big puncher as well, people forgot Cullen can bang. Cullen, you know, yeah. I've been in with both lads. You know, I've, I've, I've sparred plenty with both lads. Cullen can punch. And, um, 
you know, it, it's, it might be one of them because he's a bit deceiving. You look at him, he doesn't look like a puncher, but, but Cullen can punch. And, um, you know, I, I think, like like you you said, you know, I'm, I'm pals with both lads, done plenty of rounds with both lads, I know them well. I was I was sat on the fence. Um, I was sat on the fence. I, I didn't want anyone to win. But in my head, I, I was favouring Mark. You know, I hold my hands up and say that. So, um, you know, fair play to Colin. He's oh. proved me wrong. And I think, I think he's proved a few other people wrong. He has. You know, I'd like to see him do it. I'd like to see him get a rematch of that European title if he can put it together. Because I think everyone in that gym will say he took his brain out that night and did the complete wrong thing. If he can, now he knows the benefits of listening to Mike and Dave. I'd, I'd like to see him get another shot and see if he can turn that around. Yeah. Get stuff out the title. Yeah. Yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and the other thing, I think Mark's earned well in his career as well. He's had some nice paydays, which makes it even nicer when you've had a, a career like he's, that he's earned well. But um, round five now, just to get your thoughts on this, because I don't think we've really spoken about it. Um, we had the summer break. Fury Ungano. Um, it's sort of, I'm sort of like, it, everything I stand against in boxing, this fight is, you know, a world heavyweight champion fighting a UFC fighter. He can do anything he wants with this guy. The guy can have the feet or anything to, to stay with Fury. He can do whatever he wants. And it's just, you know, yeah, and it, make, it makes, you know, no wonder people like myself do get sick of the brand Fury. But I look on the flip side, if someone offers you all these millions of dollars for a fight, you can end at any second of any minute. What on earth do you do? You know, that I've got that, I've got that in my brain as well. So I'm sort of like sitting on the fence on my thought. thought I won't buy the fight, but I'm sitting on the fence in my thoughts of what is he right with having this fight? You know, nice. we've lost Brad for a second. Are we, Brad? What's your thoughts on it? Yeah. it it's it's not Fury's fault, is it? It's not Fury's fault. Someone put all this money in front of you. You know, I'd do it. You know, if, if someone offered me to fight Jake Paul, okay, sign one of these for me. Oh, you got to dump it, aren't you? It's um, but then whose fault is it? You you blame the promoters. The, the promoters say, yeah, well, the fans are going to buy the fight. It's not my fault. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then the fans will say, well, Fury's took the fight. You know, I want to watch the fight. So I think everyone just kind of blaming each other. But um, it's nobody's fault. Fighter, Brad, yeah, I'd say you, for that kind of, you can't say. I'd say down. you got offered multi millions to fight Jake Paul. It happens. Oh, jump it in, mate. Jump what it in. do you do, though? Do you take him out in a round or do you make it seem close so you get another payday? <laughs> what would you do? i to go and punch him all over. 100%. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> what do you but think Fiori will do, though? Do you think Fiori will knock him in or do you reckon Fiori will drag it out? No, I think, I think Fiori will play with him a little bit and, yeah. I, and have his fun. Um, and I think he'll try him. Similar to... Me, when he boxed McGregor, you know, he, he could have had that off any time he wanted, but um, he's, a, he's an entertainer and he, he made a show of it. And, um, you know, I think it kind of, it'll buy into it though, because that'll be like, yeah, but he took, he took the heavyweight champion the rounds. And, but um, that's the game, isn't it? That's, yeah. a, that's the sport that we, that we love and we're all involved in, unfortunately. You know what? You, you were looking there, to, who's to blame? And you went through everyone and no one's to blame. Because broadcasters can make money, promoters can make money, managers can make money, the venues can make money. So there is no one to blame. Do you think he's going to toy with him, John, or go and chin him? Oh, I think he'll toy with him. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it'll be. 
it'll be very clear cut because he's never going to lose. He can't lose. But Fury will, the way he messes around and the way there'll be some clinches and it'll be like a little semi WWE thing, I think, before Fury just decides when to when to bring it all to an end. Yeah, I'm going to oh. watch it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, get out, get on the fire station. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> right, round six, final round four. We we let um um Brad Garth train in. John, there's someone who you 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 do know very well and a, a camp you've been around, the Black Flash camp and Pat Barrett about his success. Yeah, I spoke to Pat last night about uh, Lyndon Arthur winning that IBO title on Friday night. Now you can say what you want about IBO titles and think. I think it's at a point now where the fights dictate the titles. And Lyndon won a proper fight there against a world-class guy. That Suarez was good. Yeah. So um, it was a proper, genuine world-class win for... if you, you could win a WBC title fighting a pudding. Lyndon won that belt fighting a good guy in a hard fight. And um, Lyndon was on the street, sat on the pavement when Pat found him. You know, you, you hear stories about trainers taking fighters from nothing to world titles. Lyndon genuinely was. You know, Pat got him off, picked him up off the pavement, took him in the gym, put gloves on for him for the first time, and now he's got him to this level. And there's been, there's been ups and downs, and Lyndon can frustrate you because he's so laid back. In the early days, he looked like he was going to be a world beater with that jab and the right uppercut. Now he picks it a little bit more, and I, I wonder now he's got this title if Lyndon will start letting that right hand go more, start letting the punches flow a bit, and we might really see what he's capable of. But I was really pleased for Pat, pleased for Lyndon, because it's a tough gym and he's had a tough way there. And a really good, really good night for the gym, that was. Right. Yeah, you know, I think it's great to see as well. For me, obviously, they're a bit older than me, but these are lads I remember watching as amateurs and, you know, seeing on boxing at the ABAs in Walkden and I think it's good to see like a local lad we just lost Brad there briefly John I've just coming you know what the other night watching it at times where you know you wanted to do a bit more um, Lyndon it's time it was times I was thinking the other night God does he want to be there the way he's fighting and then he pulls that out Um, you know what he's uh, he, he did great the other night that guy could punch, was dangerous, and that guy was clever. The way he, yeah. a lot of the rounds, he was making sure he was like an old... I don't know, I think he was 19 and 1 or 18 and 1, the guy. He was boxing like such an experienced boxer, making yeah, sure he yeah. won the last minute of rounds and stuff like that. But all credit to him. And, you know, the, the only time I think he's truly let himself down, Lyndon, there has been some patchy performances, was that yard rematch, which... He didn't. He wasn't ready. He didn't want at that time, and yeah, that obviously played on his mind. Sorry, back to you there, Brad. Before we finish up, yeah, you know, I was just saying it's great to see kind of lads who, who you've kind of been on the same shows with since the amateur days. You've watched them since the amateur days. You know, doing so well. The likes of Lyndon and Alpha at past gym, um, Catrop. You know what I mean? Lo- local lads kind of going on and and doing so well from when you've seen them kind of from the start before the professional career. Um, you know, it is good to see. And like you say, it's um, for for Pat as well. You know, it's, it's great because he's always shouted off about Zelfa and Lyndon Ante from day one. And, um, you know, it's great to see. You can say I told you so. You can, what, um, what the hard work in the gym, you know, has, has come to. 
brilliant. You know what? Another thing with Pat is he people see Pat as this surly guy, hard taskmaster. I know someone who did from work for him on his show last week, and he said you'll be amazed when he was making the matches, how much he actually knew about the opponents that were coming in and studied him. People just see Pat as his trainer, as a hard taskmaster, but he's a boxing man through and through. He just don't ever let you, his knowledge come out. Because someone said to me, you wouldn't believe the four-round kids he knew all about before he made those matches. Yeah, he, and he... Quite a lot of Pat's lads can get upset on his own shows because he's not matching them soft. You know, he, he'll pick them an opponent to work on something they need to work on if it goes wrong, he just puts them back on the next show. He'll try and get them a rematch if he can. Doesn't look after his lads, but he matches them properly to help them get better. Yeah, yeah he's a, he does know it inside out, but really does. Yeah. Fellas, thanks very much indeed. Brad, thanks for coming on just before you got to get to Blackpool. And we look forward to bringing you on when you're in your new apartment. We we, we want to, you know, you can wear a kiss me quick hat and it can be overlooking <laughs> the, the North Pier or wherever, mate. Uh, um, but, uh, we look forward to seeing your apartment in Blackpool. I might see you in Blackpool the weekend at Steve's show. I'll see you there, mate. Yeah, I'll you see know, you there. Uh, my new, uh, new stable mates are all fighting, aren't they? So, yeah, I know, I'm yeah. They're all, they're, they're all there, mate. Um, John, thanks as always for coming on as well. And uh, I know we recorded this a bit earlier in the in the week than we usually do. So thanks, John for and Brad, for finding the time. Thanks, everyone, for watching. And if you can leave us a review, please do. This has been VIP Boxing, Bell to Bell. For all boxing, info, news and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.